boys are back. The boys are back in town. No. No. Not that. Not time to sing? Not time to sing. Okay. You could sing. I mean, you're, you're a worship guy. That's right, but I'm not going to, but we are back, man. Man, it's been a while. It's it been, has been. It's, been a hot, it's been a hot minute. But not for not a good reason. We, we weren't procrastinating or we anything. Weren't. And we weren't slacking. Because... Because actually we were, but we weren't for ill... Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't just out of laziness that we haven't been podcasting. Yeah. And you may be sitting there wondering, hey, it's been two months... Three months. I'm not sure exactly how long it's been. Where those? Where, where the fellas been? Where the fellas at? Where Cam and Steve? And let me tell you, you have been through a life change. Big, big life change. Is huge. He, yes. And as the title of this podcast would suggest, <laughs> yeah. you are now married. I I'm a married man. So hear it from me. Off the market. You can't get him, ladies. You can't. It is a covenant. A covenant. Read the Bible. But you are married. Congratulations <laughs> yeah. from me and the people. Thank you, I Steve the and, and the people. <laughs> Dude, congratulations. And listen, it did get crazy, and we, we do apologize a little bit, but just a little bit because it was a big season. You were preparing for a wedding. We were both in school. It just got really busy. You were also – I mean, you were the best man, so you were doing a lot of things. Yes. Um, there was just a lot going on. Yes, and all went well. You're married now. We're recording this in Casa de Booth. See. Si. <laughs> <laughs> good, man. I didn't know you could speak Spanish. I don't. It's incredible. But – Man, a lot has happened, and and so we're we're jumping back in podcast yeah. world. We're excited. This is not a relaunch of anything. It's just picking up where we left off. But just so you know, some exciting things that we're going to be on social media now on all Boom. the platforms. Mere conversations. That's a big deal. That's a it's a huge deal. We're excited. We yes. we want we we really just want to. Um, I don't know. We want we want to be helpful to people, and That's so right. I, I even though you and I are both not social media. Uh, I mean, we're not anti-social media. We're just no. not good at it. We're terrible. We're terrible. But we just we want to. Um, there, there are people that we want to be able to extend our reach to if we can. That's so. right. And it'll be a way that man, you can keep up with everything you know going on the podcast and who's getting married and things like that. You know, just big, big life things that happen. Updates and updates. That's right. So, uh, man, follow any of those mere conversations. You can go look them up right now: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of those things. And uh, we're gonna give us some grace for figuring out the social media world a little bit. Um, but man, excited about today's pod because yes, we get to talk about Cam being married and marriage a little bit, yeah. which is going to be awesome. And here's the thing. There's so much we, we could have podcast on podcast on podcast about marriage, obviously, but this is going to be a two part podcast and we're going to talk about some stories, you know, Cam, Cam, how he met Meg, Yeah, Meg, how you Pew met, Booth. how you met Madison. We're going to get into it. And so. And then we're going to ask some questions. And then asking I think all them questions. We're going to cut it a little bit and then we're going to answer some more questions in part two. But these are going to be just some questions. And I'm sure there's many more questions we could ask, but just some questions about perspective change versus singleness and, and being married. And hopefully uh, it's helpful yeah. for you. And, and again, I, I, I think we've we talked about this, but there, there are probably people who are like, these. These uh, guys in their twenties are gonna talk about their infinite knowledge and wisdom on marriage. No, that's not that's not the goal. That's not the outcome. Right. Uh, I, I'm fresh. I'm fresh in marriage, and it, there is a value to having fresh eyes on something. And he, so, when you hear a guy that's coming along that's fresh in anything like business, church, or whatever, you may have forgotten a lot of things, or you or you subconsciously just have registered them and you don't even remember them. And so it's good to hear the reminders of where you were 
That's right. And then you're a little further along. And so yes. it's, it's going to be good to hear like, Hey, you're out of the honeymoon stage. You're, you're in marriage and you're, you're in this season and it's good. We, we need each other. We do. We need each other's perspectives. And so if you're a little bit more seasoned, Cam's about a month in, a little over a month in, we and my wife just celebrated four years in March. So we're still, you know, the, and I told Cam this before we started recording, I feel like in marriage, the more you grow towards each other, the more you realize you don't know. And so listen, if you listen to this and you're a little bit more seasoned and you have any thoughts, man, we'd love to hear it. We are pleading for your wisdom praying for it matter of fact but we're going to get into some of that today so yeah uh come join us two guys rambling about marriage yeah so how did you guys meet you'll have a really cool story and i know there's so many details that you probably we don't have time to get into the depth of it but if yeah. you give like a just a general summary of how you guys met because you all have a really cool story i think it will lead into some further questions here in a minute yeah i i think it would be really cool one day maybe to just get our wives on here and because she, Meg, if you don't know Meg, she's one of the funniest people. She's way funnier than any of any me, me or Cam or most oh, yeah. people in the world. She's wild. And uh, <laughs> she, she she also would like to be here to give her uh, her commentary on yes. all the things. But the short version is we uh, grew up in the same place. Um, we ended up, I ended up coming to the church that her mom was a children's director at. Um, came to know the Lord there. Got to really know the pews well, but me and Meg were more acquaintances. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward to college, our youth pastor asked us to both um, essentially volunteer at this D-Now as a Discipleship Now weekend, and we were leaders. We reconnected, went on coffee date, and then dropped off for, for a minute. The communication was bad. Yep. Fast forward, we are getting coffee again that same year, um, connected. She goes to a conference with uh, our church in Jacksonville. Right. Um, and then she also goes on a mission trip. She's she's in Montgomery, but also on a mission trip with our church in Jacksonville. And the relationship got really bad. Like, she she ended up moving to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So, summary, get back together, goes on a conference with our church in Jacksonville while she's in Bama, then goes on a mission trip, then she moves to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And be, me being me, I wasn't ready for that level of commitment. Right. And uh, Meg also has clinical anxiety, and so I would pull away, and she would latch on harder, and we were both in an uh, we were both unhealthy mm-hmm. and in an unhealthy cycle. Um, October of 2019, we um, broke up, and she was very prophetic. Uh, I don't know if I could say that, but I think yeah, she was absolutely. Um, I think the Lord spoke through her about three specific things that mm-hmm. the Lord put on her heart about me, mm-hmm. and. Um, I sensed from God that I, I sensed a peace literally like wash over me, and I knew that she was going to be my wife. Like I knew, um, leaving that moment was weeping. Yeah. Um, she ended up uh, two or three months dating someone else. Uh, I I sensed that that was going to go. Like I I could already sense that she was looking to marry somebody, and I think this other individual was too. And I'm like, oh, did I actually hear from the Lord? Right. right. And uh, I I kind of freaked out. Um, a lot of people would say, Hey bro, you just need to give up. Yeah. And which was affirming what I was feeling. Yeah. And then, um, through, uh, the Lord speaking to Meg, she broke up with that guy. Uh, we shortly get back together, uh, December of 2020, January of 2021, Mm -hmm. um, engaged seven months later, married five months after engagement. And, um, there are a lot of details, a lot of cool things about the story, but that's the 
Yeah, it's the good. abridged version. You got to see the back seat of all of it. You were sitting, you were watching yeah, the whole we thing. Were, yeah, which was which was crazy. Uh, and I mean, there's so many more details there. And and I think we already it's already in the works to have the the wives on the the podcast. Maybe yeah, at least once, if not multiple times. Which we I haven't think, talked to them or asked them, but but they will be. They will uh, be. <laughs> <laughs> they don't listen. They, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's 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 the, I, I I know that um, there's so many aspects little things that the lord was just doing through that whole story that that was just a testament of his faithfulness and so it's it's cool to that now man we're sitting in casa de cam casa de cam as a result of the marriage of you two which is super cool yeah man uh but since we are me and you are having a conversational marriage yes. it would also be cool to hear quick short version of you and maddie's story because you guys yeah. it's very different story very different but it's also very there's not many stories like yeah. you guys like yeah so it's definitely a long story um, because we started dating very young. Mm-hmm. And so we could, again, there's so many details, but I'll, I'll give the, the abridged version. Um, essentially, in middle school, I was, uh, we had moved from Tampa to Jacksonville. I was in sixth or seventh grade. And um, my wife, Madison, who is a year younger than me, was in the, uh, they were doing like a, a youth choir thing. And she was singing in the choir. And my mom, pointed at her well not really that would have been awkward uh she she kind of over there she kind of leaned over in the middle of the church service as she was singing she was like steven that's the girl you need to be with and i was like mom i don't even know who that is like that's ridiculous um and uh there's there's more to that but years go by this isn't a even um uh, you know she's not even a thought in my mind really um i come to find out later that that she had been eyeing me for a little bit okay um I don't know how long, um, but I walk into a math class in high school. I was in a standard math class and she was in advanced, uh, which is why she was in the class. And, uh, and, uh, she, we sit next to each other and we start, we start talking sparks fly flying music is playing. No, it wasn't like that at all. But I do remember going home and I haven't talked about Maddie, you know, at all to that point in my family. And I go home and I was like, mom, you'll never guess who I sat next to in my math class today. And she, she said, Madison Anderson. And, and it was just like, why, why did you know those things? And, and looking back, you could just see like some really cool things the Lord was doing. Obviously yeah. didn't know the significance of it at that moment. But anyway, we, we start dating in high school and um, we can have a whole nother podcast on what it's like to dating in at a young age like that. Uh, that's another conversation. But we, we date through high school. Um, I go to University of North Florida in Jacksonville, um, a year ahead of her. So then she goes to University of North Florida, really no intention of trying to go to school together. That was just how yeah. it happened. And um, we end up breaking up and uh, very similar to, to you actually. Um, I did not leave that necessarily saying, I just, that's my wife, but I do remember having this piece deep down and it wasn't until later that I actually realized it was there, but a piece deep down that I'm gonna marry her. Yeah. Um, I just always knew that. Yeah. Um, she did not. She would say that she did not know that through high school. Through, but I just had this this thing deep inside that I, I always kind of knew was there. Hmm. Um, didn't talk about it a lot, but it was there. And I remember us breaking up, and it was just very much the Lord did it. It wasn't like there wasn't like these massive problems. It wasn't a plan that we had. She yeah. broke up with me. There was just some things that 
you know, we're going on that we were talking about, and she just felt like the Lord was leading her a different direction. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I think we need to break up. And there was really no intent of getting back together. And uh, we had a couple conversations after that. Anyway, broke up, though, and, and really there was no plan of, like, hey, let's reconvene in three months. It was never like that. Yeah. And um, so anyway, through some circumstances, you know, and different things, we end up kind of coming back together. Uh, at school, we kind of ran, ran into each other, had some conversations, and, and uh, began to talk again and talk about some feelings that we, are still, we still had for one another. And mm-hmm. then we end up uh, processing that together, getting back together. And really, when we got back together, it was like, okay, we're not going to do this if there's no intent to marry. Yeah. I, I did not know that she, in her mind, said, I'm going to marry him. I, yeah. She didn't lead with that, which is helpful for you listeners. Probably not a good thing to lead with. Uh, I'm going to marry you. Um, wouldn't say that anyway. So we ended up dating. Uh, it was, there was a lot of processing and hurt things that we had to work through because we had gone through a breakup, you yeah. know, a lot of doubt, things like that anyway. But, uh, man, get married. It was like at the perfect time. The Lord just, the Lord put the brakes on some things for us, pushed us in some areas. It was just the perfect time for us to get married. And, um, yeah, we're still married. Praise God four years. Oh yeah. Um, and again, the more, you know, the less, you know, if that makes any sense, <laughs> but yeah. love my wife, grateful for her, and uh, man, hope to uh, get get her on the podcast, and we can, you know, talk about specifics. I think that would be be a pretty fun time. But It'd be funny. It would be funny, uh, and yeah, you could probably learn how much of an idiot I am. No, uh, but grateful for my wife. Grateful for uh, and who she is, and and uh, marriage is awesome. It's the, it's the it's the hardest thing I've ever done and the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, and I think I learn more of that each day. Hmm. And so, man, with that, my friend, with that, I think we need to dive in some questions mm. to you, man, because you've been married a month. Yeah. And I think obviously there's like a lot of perspective change that happens. There's a lot of things you're processing still. And you, you want to answer these questions very differently this time next year. And I'm sure years after that. For sure. It, but it's it, one, I, I'm half prepared to answer these questions. So <clears throat> who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what you're going to say? <laughs> who knows what I'm going to say? I think it makes awesome. Meg, forgive me. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting looking back on this years down the road because it, there is a value in having fresh eyes on something yep. or fresh eyes or I- experiencing something. And so I, I'm, it's going to be interesting for a guy just in marriage and a guy who's a little bit further sure. down the road yeah. talking about it. So well, listen, nervous and excited. I speak for myself and our, our viewers. Thank you for being willing to do this. This is, this could be dangerous. It, it, it no, it is dangerous. And also <laughs> I just want to, I want to, I want to um, talk to the people who are probably like, Oh, these young guys, they don't know what they're talking about. Hey, bro, I'm just saying, we don't. <laughs> we already know. Confession. So keep listening. Don't turn it off now because you're like some 20-somethings, which are pushing 30, uh, but some 20-somethings yeah. for a little bit longer are about to speak on marriage in our experience. Yeah. We're not talking about all the answers of marriage. We're just we talking about them. our experience. That's right. And we're going to talk about it. And if you're listening, you're like, those guys need help. You're right. We love a phone call. And if you would please give us any wisdom, we would love that. So... Question number one. Mm-hmm. We don't really have like a big order for this, but I'm just going to jump in, bro. Go. What sets you up well mm-hmm. and what sets you, what would you do differently maybe in your singleness and dating phase for marriage? Now on this other side, looking at marriage, what did you, 
what are you thankful for in singleness that prepared you for marriage? And what do you wish would have maybe happened differently? Obviously, the Lord is sovereign, and everything happened for a reason. But just looking at things inside your own heart and your relationship now with Meg. Yeah, so I'm one of those people where, and I, and I don't say this from a, a prideful standpoint, but I really think I did singleness well. Yeah, um, I, I affirm that. Yeah, I, I loved the season of singleness just in general. And Meg would probably, Meg was, she, she will admit that she might have been a little boy crazy, but she also really enjoyed the elements of in the not the freedom but like um but the freedom of singleness there's yeah. a lot a lot of things you can do as an individual uh that when you get married it, you can still do those things but also you you have a spouse attached to it where like oh can we both do this yeah and, and it can be limiting in certain ways so i i, I dude i loved um my singleness but going in from singleness to, to dating meg I think, and I I know this is gonna sound super like probably cheesy, and and the and and people probably in our culture probably will think what I'm saying is very um, childlike, and uh, stu- they probably will think it's dumb. I, but I, what was really important for Meg and I is we were kind of in a position um, where we knew each other's families already. Mm-hmm. Um, we we also knew of each other and the reputation that each of us had and we both had a good reputation um but also what we ended up doing is we really our, our relationship was built on friend like the lord that's always implied but friendship yeah it's good um i it one i had i still going when we got back together i still had commitment issues and i still was fearful of intimacy like mm-hmm. those those were things that uh were deeply um attention point in my my soul and my heart uh, but the thing is, is the Lord used that for good. Yeah. So we, and then Meg also had some things from previous relationships that probably, and I won't go into her stuff, that's her stuff, but right. that hindered her also. So we, we actually, we, we really had to focus on friendship. And with friendship, we, we laughed, we hung out, we had fun, but we also communicated. And yeah. I think what we, I think what Meg and I do the best um, is we communicate. Come so on. we, um, when there were hard things to talk about, when there was confrontation, um, we would do it. Like mm-hmm. we would, we would just say, Hey, this is something I'm not happy with. This is something that bothers me. And Meg's better at that than I am. Meg's like, let's talk about it. I'm going to get it all out and I'm good. Yeah. She's good after that. She's real. She's good after that. Like immediately, completely right. fine. You have to sit on it. I'm definitely the internal processor. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, this is one thing that drives Meg has always drive Meg a little crazy is I, I will be bothered. I, I, I don't know why I'm bothered. Yeah. Or I don't even realize I'm bothered till the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, I, I'll, I'll go in the next day. I'm like, that really bothered me. That really hurt my feelings or that really angered me. And then I have to think, okay, why I'm very introspective. Yeah. Why was I angry? <laughs> was it really her fault or was it just something going on? inside of me or was i not connected to the lord and i just go down this long mm. like probably over well, she's like already gone she's like she's a, she's forgotten it that's right she, she's like oh we talked about it i don't even and then i'll bring it out like two or three days later she's like what are you talking about and i'm like you don't remember and she's like no i don't remember any of that i'm like and i remember like details of all the conversations but anyways meg has helped me also like she could tell when i'm upset so mm. she'd be like hey we need to talk about this now don't wait two or three days let's just talk about it and we we really are honest, even when we think it could. If we have that emotion where it's like, 
oh, this can make things worse. Yeah. We push into that regardless yeah. if we think that because usually it makes it better. Yeah. So I uh, think we agreed. did in dating and engagement. Um, you communicated. We communicated. We yeah. talked. Every, everything that was an insecurity, everything that we struggled, like in, engagement more so, we talked about the sins that we wrestled with and the sins that we struggled with. But we ended up just having open communication. That's good. She knew everything about me um, before we got married. Yeah. And I, if I could, you know, add to that, I think – um, for the single, I'm just thinking of like maybe the people listening that are single, maybe you're in a dating relationship, it's leading to marriage, whatever. I think timing is very crucial on, you have to have some discernment on when you have those conversations. Yep. Obviously like this is not, Hey, our first date out at pizza that we're going to talk about everything. everything. But I think especially if you're looking at the progression of engagement to when you get married, I think before you get married, you need to have everything out on the table. Yeah. And, but you need to use discernment, prayer to, to, to discern when to say those things. But yeah, it sounds like you had a really healthy progression of that. We, we really did. And I, like, I, I told myself, I was saying, I think I was, I was talking to you, I was talking to my therapist and all the things, and I was really wrestling with when to tell her everything. Yeah. Like she didn't even know something, some things about my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so two months before I was like planning on engaging, I'm like, I gotta tell her now. Mm-hmm. So like I, I told her even before we got engaged uh, the reason I did that is so like she wouldn't feel like oh he tells me now, <laughs> right? Like as as soon as I put a ring on, uh, like and I I felt like that would be like trapping her, like mm-hmm. emotionally like I'm trapping you. And I was like yeah. that's manipulative. So I'm gonna tell her a couple months, a, a month and a half maybe before mm-hmm. engagement, and it was one of the hardest conversations we had, but it was probably one of the best things. Yeah. Um, the Lord used that, but I think both in our lives. And yeah, Meg said some things that were. It was clearly the Lord through her, but brought a lot of healing to my life. Mm. Um, That's good. So that was that was kind of what we did well. What do you we, wish was different? What do I? Yeah, dude. So there was probably a lot of things. Um, there's not a lot of things. I, I what I wish we would have done different. Um, so I, I know what I wish I would have done different. I, I don't know if I could speak much for us without her here but um one of the things even though we're great at communication there were some things i i wish i would have communicated earlier yeah instead of later so like for instance i i I would maybe sometimes go three four five days without talking to her and she thought everything was fine and i'm like hey like we i wish i would have done that better Mm. um i wish i wish i would have done that better um I I wish I wasn't so fearful of intimacy um, because now I'm on the other end and I'm like, man, I, I think we, not that we weren't romantic at all in dating, but I would say we probably weren't hardly ever romantic, but due to my lack of, due to my fear of being intimate and romantic. Sure. Um, and, I, and again, I think that it, it made it more special in marriage for yeah. me. Yeah. But uh, I also, I, I wish... Um, we, I, I wish I wouldn't have been as fearful in dating. Yeah, and I think a lot of Christians, especially that went through the purity movement, have a lot of fear with being intimate and romantic mm-hmm. in dating. And we could talk about that on a different day. But For I, because sure. I think there is a there is a boundary that you need to have yep. in dating, if you, especially if you're trying to um, not be sexual until mm-hmm. marriage. Um, and I say sexual because, yes, yeah, we get it. A lot of people can interpret that differently. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that, I think those are two minor things. Yeah, that's good. And I think uh, even the 
what's cool about all that, man, is, is, and I can look back even on my relationship with Maddie, there were things that we did that, you know, like looking back, I would have absolutely done differently because I could see like where my heart was. I could see where like there was some brokenness, but how the Lord is yeah. sovereign over all of that and he, how he still uses those things to actually bring oneness yeah. uh, over time. And you may not see it in the moment, but like how even our sin or our struggle, how he uses all those things for his good purpose, which I think mm. is you see that in marriage pretty quickly how he's pulling things out of you mm-hmm. that need to be, you know, pulled out. Yeah. I will add one brief thing. Yeah. Uh, it, this kind of goes into the marriage thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I, I don't wish <laughs> we would have prayed together in dating and engagement. Maybe engagement, but I wish we would have had more conversations about Jesus. It's really awkward to talk about Jesus, I think, to your significant other in dating, engagement, in marriage. And I think we'll get into that more, but I think it's sure. just difficult I, I don't know the the progression how that should go because when you talk about spiritual things you emotionally connect in a way yeah that could be dangerous but I think there should be some level of spiritual conversations mm-hmm. and I think I wish Megan I would have done that more in, in dating and engagement yeah so that that's, that's that's good do you have anything to add to that like no dude I think you nailed it I think uh, no that's that's super I think a great perspective because there were things that y'all did really well yeah and there were things that you didn't do as well. And I'm sure Meg could add a lot to that conversation. My oh, yeah. wife could too. But the cool thing about it is like you're married right now. Yeah. Like look where you are. And I think and, and look where you're going. Mm. And I think that's awesome. This so question number two Ready. for you. So your perspective on because marriage is about oneness. There's a lot, man, we read that in scripture. There's a lot of two becoming one. So your perspective on Cam's got a book out. I wish y'all could see it. It's getting real. Um your perspective on oneness and individuality within a marriage structure, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, want, I actually want to say something about people who are single who are dating. I think one of the cool things and one of the cool principles I've learned um, about the two-ness versus oneness thing is you a person doesn't complete you. That's right. But And your spouse will not complete you. That's right. But your spouse can and should compliment you should mm-hmm. compliment each other mm-hmm. but the only way that you can compliment a whole person is to be a whole person and the only way you become a whole person is if you um, are enjoying the freedoms and joys of knowing Jesus that will breach yeah and so I think like as you get closer to Jesus you become a whole person yeah. so yeah. if you two are becoming whole in the Lord I think that you will complement each other really well in marriage if the Lord allows your paths to cross. So good. So I, 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 the whole two-ness in one is, it's just, it, it's very, it's very different. But I, yeah. I, um, I love, I love the book Boundaries, um, by Henry Cloud and Dr. Townsend. Um, they, they have like Boundaries in Marriage, uh, which I think you should just read Boundaries, but sorry, Townsend and Cloud. But they did say in Boundaries in Marriage with two-ness, they, they said that a complete person is able to do all things that adult life and relationships require. You give love and receive love. You mm-hmm. be independent and self-sufficient. Live out values honestly. Be responsible. Have self-confidence. Deal with problems and failures. Live out your talents and have a life. <laughs> Come on. And what he's saying is like do all of these things as a whole person, and then when you come together, you'll be able to complement each other. And then when you get married, there's this weird um, tension of you are one and you, you begin to share these things, but you also, there's still an individuality yeah. within that. And, and I, I know we taught like not, not to go like 
hyper spiritual, but I mean, this is what happens in the Trinity. They are one, but they're three persons. So you don't yeah. lose your personhood in marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so how that plays, I, I guess we go into how that, that kind of plays out. Yeah. You can add any of this. Sure. I, I think like, for instance, um, when we get married, a lot of people, there's some couples who say, okay, we're going to spend every waking minute together. <laughs> and I, I think that's unhealthy. Yep. I think that their lives, like even, I think especially if you're not a complete or whole person, your life becomes centered around your spouse. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's healthy. Your life should be centered around Jesus. That's right. Um, but I, I think that that temptation is easy because this is, you never encounter a love like this on, on planet Earth except with, um, a spouse. And so I get why that's so easy to bend that way and yeah. gravitate towards that. Um, but you, you need other people in your life. You don't just need your spouse. You, you need, you need the church. Mm-hmm. You need, um, brothers and sisters in Christ. You need friends, you need family. We're very interdependent people. So yeah. I, I think, um, there's that element, but also, um, not even just being with other people. I, I'm definitely more the introverted person and i need to just be by myself yep like meg is like can spend every waking moment with people yep. I, like she she loves people she loves hanging out it never gets old to her i get drained quickly mm-hmm. and so i um i even need a long time not necessarily from her but just by my like she'll she'll leave, like we just have learned in the first month of marriage i need a couple of hours and i'm just reading a book by myself and i i, I need that so that there's that um, individuality, yeah. but also we're one, right? And we're learning all those things. Yeah. So, um, you, you don't lose who you are when you become one. You still have your personhood. That's right. That's good. Yeah, and I think for you, um, if you're the extroverted one in the couple, which there probably is one, um, maybe you need to be the one to say to your introverted person now, hey, maybe you just need to take some time, just you. Oh man. Uh, that's huge, <laughs> you know? So I think I, I, I know for me, like I'm the more extroverted one in, in our relationship and I need, you know, um, but, but also my wife is really like, we can rest together. Yeah. And so, but I know for me just in my, like I'm extroverted, but I enjoy, I can be by myself and yeah. I enjoy that. And so it took me a really long time to learn that I'm better sometimes if I, if I do have some moments, just me. Yeah. And setting my life. And as an extroverted person, that's almost counter, it sounds counterintuitive to actually what fills you up. But I think knowing who you are and being okay to communicate that in your yeah. marriage and not getting hurt feelings, hearing like, oh, so-and-so doesn't want to be with me anymore. No, yeah. it's that it's actually setting you up better for when you are together, yes. uh, learning how you grow. And I think that's part of the oneness aspect of it. Yeah. To understand their, like each other's personhood. So like for instance, if you have an introverted spouse or you're dating someone who's introverted, mm-hmm. realize like not taking it personal and saying, Oh, they just need to recharge. And that if, if you allow that, you allow them to recharge, what's going to end up happening is it's probably going to cause less uh, irritation, less arguments um, because you're allowing them to rest in the yep. way that it, the way in which they rest. Yep. Um, but also like for the introverted introverters or introverted people tend to be external processors and sometimes they just talk whatever's on their mind and heart, and it mm-hmm. actually is hurtful sometimes. Yep. 
So the the internal processor needs to be like, oh, this is the part of their personhood. Yeah. <laughs> what they like, I have to do this with Meg often. Oh, she's just getting it all out there. She doesn't even know what she believes or thinks sometimes when she's, she's figuring it out when, right now. Yeah, she she comes to conclusions as she's speaking, and sometimes she says very hurtful things. Mm-hmm. But as the internal processor, I say, oh, she's just venting, or she not venting, but she's just getting out there. She's trying to understand what she's feeling, and I don't need to take any of this personal. That was a, a good good advice uh, from Dr. Timothy Maynard. All right, speaking of advice, yeah, that leads into the next question. Yeah, what's the best marriage advice and the worst marriage advice you got? Maybe you're getting currently, uh, but especially before marriage. Best marriage advice: bring a towel. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. I'm just <laughs> um, praise God. Uh, some people understand it. Some some will not. Um, <laughs> dude, so so. Actually, like everybody, so I'm going to tell you that like as a person and as a follower of Christ, you need to be coachable and teachable. And so a lot of people have had, it, it's kind of like the Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Um, the Proverbs are circumstantial. And I think people forget that. And they mm-hmm. take some of the Proverbs. Some Proverbs are like, if you if you tend to do this, you will get, like for instance, when it comes to gaining wealth, um, there's certain situations where that pro- Proverb in Scripture, you're not, you could do all these things that the Proverbs are talking about, but mm-hmm. you're not going to get richer. Right. But in general, that typically if you work, you get money. Right. You know, there's principles there. But I think like people's advice is similar. So I think people give advice from their circumstances and their situations, and it doesn't work for other people. Mm -hmm. So I actually want to say a lot of people gave really good advice, um, but they may be giving advice from 15, 20 years of marriage. Yeah. And And it's good advice, and it worked for those two people, but it doesn't work. Right now, for someone who's a month in marriage, yep, um, and they mean well by by sharing that advice. Sure. So I just want to say, like, all the advice that I have received has actually been really good advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it, I don't know if it applies as strongly as it does now. Right. The thing, so, uh, like, some of the best advice I got is like uh, understand before being understood. Mm-hmm. So I really try that one has been huge. That's um, good. I when Meg's upset with me. I try to really listen and try to understand where she's... She does the same. Mm-hmm. This is where we're really good at communication. We try to understand where people... What we're feeling and what we're thinking. Yeah. And then before we jump to the emotional reaction of, well, you can't say that about me. Or you... Like, that's not what I did. It's like, no, I'm going to listen. I'm going to try to understand where she's coming from. And then I'm gonna, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So that's that was that's probably been some of the best advice. Um, and and another shout out to Tim Maynard has helped me with that one. Um, but I... I think what's been the least helpful, um, and this kind of goes with the proverbial thing I was talking about, mm-hmm. um, I think people are trying to be helpful, um, but I, I think that people will share, like especially in engagement and in marriage, they share all of their experiences, and, and they share stories from their marriage. Right. Um, not necessarily advice, but they yep. just... But what worked for you may not work yep. for us. That's huge. Um, so people will say, oh, you know, we really, it really worked for us to have kids a year after marriage. <laughs> that may not w- work for, some people need two or Stop three. Stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like, man, like this was really difficult for us. Yeah. Well, when you're sharing your difficulty, especially if they weren't at, if you weren't asked mm-hmm. to share your difficulties, what that could do is cause anxiety or fear in somebody 
that wasn't even having that issue. Right. <laughs> like, oh, is that what my wife is experiencing? Yeah. This fear and anxiety? Yeah. Um, so people are sharing their s- stories with when they weren't asked, and it's not helpful. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, I remember that. Or like they downplay your experience when you are probably going through a similar experience, but it's different yes. because it's you and your wife. So huge, man. And so I'm like, I, I think a lot of people are trying to be helpful. I'm so glad to hear you say that, man, because it took me a while to learn that because I think we compare ourselves and this is just in us as humans, but it it is magnified in marriage as most things are, uh, that we compare ourselves as a couple to this couple, to what they did. It's super unhealthy because what it means is like, Oh, they're doing this. That means I should be doing that. Or they're hanging out and opening up their home all the time. We should open up our home all the time. And that may not be who you are. You need to figure yeah. out who you are as a couple. Now there's some biblical standards and things like that you need, you know, you need to be hospitable. We've talked about this. You need to do yeah. all those things. But it looks different. And being okay with like, hey, I'm like Stephen and Madison are yeah. Stephen and Madison. We're yeah. not Cam and Meg. Yeah. And and learning that early to realize that I don't have to be anybody else. Like we're a couple and we have strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And understanding what those things are and not getting in the trap of like, oh, they just sold everything they had and moved to Africa. That means they're a more better, more spiritual couple than we are. That may not be what the Lord's calling you to do or exactly. who you are. And so learning those things early is huge. And people have different so as individuals we have different strengths. Right. And then together as a married couple, right. we have different strengths. And so like, for instance, you brought up hospitality. We're all called to be hospitable. Right. But that might look different. That might look like some, some people have their homes open all the time. Some might have an individual over once a month or one person might go around their neighborhood passing out cookies and just saying, Hey, we're, we're here for you. Yeah. It, but also like, whereas we as believers are supposed to take care of the orphan and the widow. That looks different. Some people foster. Some people don't. Some people yeah. adopt. Not everyone's called to adopt. Right. But we all are called we are all called to take care of the orphan and window widow, but that looks different. Correct. So but even just in the simple things, like people people will talk about sex, people will talk about this, and it's different for every married couple. Yeah, that's good. And you can't you like if someone asks you your experience and to give feedback, that give it then, but don't don't like don't um voluntarily offer your situations or be mindful just be mindful have some feel a lot of people don't have feel that's good